0: Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in 3, 2, 1. I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is a great God and, and, and I pray that you have been seeing him present during this time, even in a really difficult time like this, we are sharing testimonies. Um, last week, I was part of of just observing God at work at our church plant at Kabuku, our branch at at Kabuku. Um, they were laying the foundation. They, in fact, actually, they had actually finished the foundations, but you know, we were celebrating a commissioning of the of the lay of, of the of the beginning of the administration block that they are building, and it's. It's really something because this was not something that had been in anybody's mind as we began this year. This year, when we were beginning, they were only thinking about, you know, working on finishing their hall. But now the administration block, by the end of July, their hope is that it'll be up. It'll be uh, maybe not. They want to do two or three floors, but at least the first floor will be up and occupied. Continue praying. But these are the things that remind us that when Jesus says he is Lord of heaven and of earth, um, no matter what the circumstances are when we keep walking together with him we see his glory and so i pray for you at during this time of the covid season we are getting into a really cold season um at the same time and so people are you know we get worried you get a you get a cold you get a flu you get covid there's 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 fear that that, that might be around us but i pray that you are going to do well in the lord that you will find strength in the lord that you will know this god who has Total authority over all things. One of the most powerful promises that we see in the scriptures is is in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. All things, even times like these. So grab hold of that promise. Um, walk in it, you know, even in difficult times, find encouragement in what the Lord has promised. The Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, encourages us and says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God cares. He is concerned about your life. He is watching and he is walking together with you. So, so speak to him. Tell him, you know, the things that are going on and that you are asking him for help in. Keep going back to him. He cares. He truly cares. Now, today we are continuing in our series on the book of of 1 Corinthians, the series Grounded. And we'll be looking today at chapter 4. You know, I believe that God has a lot to tell us about, about life and living right here. And today we'll be looking at the topic, The Serving Leader. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, This then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. The apostle Paul, you know, he starts by referring back to the things that we were learning last week in chapter three, that the leaders, he himself, Apollos, um, Peter, and anyone else, no matter how good or great he might be, should be seen as servants. Remember, there is only one master. And by the way, when we are talking about this, we are also referring to, to leaders in business and, and, and in different things, in manufacturing and all. We must all remember all the time, the Bible is telling us that there is one master that we must pay attention to. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, the Bible says, speaking at this point to masters, it says, and masters, treat your slaves in the same way, and that is the way that God expects them to treat you, you know, treat them in the same way that uh, you know that that we have learned. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. One Lord of us all. We all need to live with this knowledge that we have this one Lord, and each and every one of us, we are followers of Jesus Christ. But each and every one of us, we we are also. Leaders, you are a leader, and in one way or another, even if you've never thought about yourself that way, that as, as a leader, you know, John Maxwell and, and all the other gurus on the on the whole issue of leadership, they say that ultimately leadership is influence, leadership is influence, and all of us influence other people in one way or another. You know, as a Christian, Jesus called you the salt and the light of the world. Now, if there are things that are truly influential, you know, just think about those two things. That's, that's what you're called to, to make a difference wherever you are. The Bible tells us that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Is an ambassador a leader? Yes, she is. Yes, he is. You know, so, so let's see what we can learn um, from the example of Paul and the teaching of the Apostle Paul in this. Now the bulk of what I'll be teaching is grounded in verses 2 up to verse 6, but I will be making references to the whole of the chapter so you can keep your Bible open to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now let me read verses 2 to 5. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. So leader, remember you will be evaluated by your leader. Verse 2, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. There will be an evaluation. And please note what Paul says. You know, who Paul says will be the true judge of your success as a believer and as a follower, as a leader, in all the things that you are. Firstly, it is not your human audience. Paul says, I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. This is not a popularity contest. In fact, Jesus warns us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 and, and verse 5. He warns us that, that if our eyes are on popular approval, if we are looking around to see who is going to be praising me, the Bible says you have received your reward in full. Don't expect anything from God. And then, secondly, the judge is not you. You are not the judge. So please, please. Please don't trust your own self-evaluation. You know, Paul says, Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, which is important, but that does not make me innocent. You know, I know that in today's world, we are so often encouraged to work to please ourselves, and, and that if you're happy with that work, that's enough, and, and, it's, and it's okay, well, it's good to be, to be free from over-relying on others for affirmation. You know, they, they, it can be so destructive and so deceptive. There are those people who will be praising you and that flattery is puffing you up and making you proud. And then there are those who bring you down with their words and you lose self-esteem. And actually knowing your own passion and joy and the things that, 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 that drive you forward help you know what God made you for. But there's a true measure. And that true measure, who is going to give that final judgment, it's not you. It's not your measure, ultimately. You know, for example, think about um, uh, a top performer getting a promotion to be over the team. You know, she doesn't quite understand her new responsibility, but she decides, oh, well, I'm going to really work hard. And she works hard, increases her production by 30%. And it's a wow. She feels really good about where she's at. But when the time comes for evaluations, you know, she hears your team members haven't grown. In fact, the team production has has actually gone down a little bit because your eye wasn't on them. And, and she may get frustrated because, you know, doesn't this, doesn't she know that I've worked so hard, that I've been so, so productive? But if it's not the work the boss expected, then you failed. If that's not what you were expected to do, you failed. It is the Lord who judges me. That's the true measure. And in verse 5, he goes on to say, we will, He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. That is the true evaluation that at the end, God himself would say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's happiness. Now we see here that God is evaluating everything. He's looking and seeing even those things that that we don't want anyone else to see. Those things that we are not proud of. um, We've kept in the dark. You know, sometimes I think if God is going to expose it at some point, it's better that I bring it to light, you know, right now and, and, and face it myself with him. Then I get forgiveness and healing. And when it's in the light, I don't have to live in fear of being exposed. In fact, by the way, I've discovered and, and many studies of leadership, you know, bear me out on, on this, that often it is my mistakes. It is the, it is my weaknesses opened up that are the most important in helping people and, and helping myself grow to the next level, enabling us to keep moving forward. Now, God is also going to evaluate me on the inside, exposing the motives of my heart. People, one of the most important practices of any leader, in fact, of any person, is to understand yourself and to clean up your own heart. That will enable you to lead much better with more integrity and with less fear. It will also ensure, by the way, that at the final evaluation before your master you pass. King David in in Psalm 139, um, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And guys, that's the way to go, the best way to go, to go with God you know, getting your your path corrected as you go so that at the final evaluation, you will not be caught off guard. You will have been walking step by step with the Lord. Now, the second portion of my sermon is on biblical leadership, is understanding how we lead as as Christians. Um, So let me read verse 6. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit. So that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over and against the other. You know, Paul is giving him, himself, and Apollos as examples of the biblical pattern of leadership. How a leader is supposed to be behaving. And the reason that he's doing this, so that they can stay in step with the teaching of the scriptures, in, in step with what is written. And where can we see this pattern? I want to look, you know, at, 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 at what Jesus teaches the disciples in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 to 28, and we'll also look um, in the Old Testament, one of the older writings. Matthew 20, 25 to 28. Jesus called them together and said, Even Jesus came to serve. So seeking to understand leadership, how do we define, how should we define a leader? The world says that leadership is about being on top. But God's definition, in God's view, leadership is about serving, even slaving. You know, the leader isn't just on top, barking out orders. He's thinking about the people. His goal uh, is not just himself. It's not just his glory. It's not just his profit. It's about humility. It recognizes the true value of people. Everybody's been made in God's image. Even the servants, they bear the image of God and that must be honored. It's also about sacrificial service. I want to read a piece from a, from a talk titled The Christian Meaning of Leadership given by Nicholas Dujmovic um, at, a, at a church conference way back in 1999. He says, True leadership is not, as the world teaches, getting the parade to go your way. It's not organizing efforts and and drawing up lists and involving everyone to accomplish a set of goals. Rather, as Christ teaches, leadership is service performed in love. It is obedience, it is deference, and it is humility. We cannot deny that the essence of true leadership is service because our Lord himself says so. You know, in calling his disciples, he said, You know, come, follow me. Not, come and I'll show you how to set up a ministry to achieve your goals really effectively. No, come, follow me. Now Jesus, of course, gave the apostles authority to bind and to loose. But more often, he contrasted what the apostles were to do with what worldly leadership is all about. The icon of leadership in the church is Christ himself the eternal Logos, the Alpha and the Omega, the way, the truth, and the life, washing the dirty feet of his disciples. Now you guys know that story in John chapter 13. Foot washing was was slave work. That was the bottom level labor, and Jesus did it. Then in verse 14, he tells them, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also must wash one another's feet. He knows He is the master, but He's willing to do the work of the slave for their benefit. And then He commands, and I want you to note that it's th- that word must. He commands that they and therefore we should follow that example. Do not go beyond what is written. In the Old Testament, we have a passage about the servant of God, the Messiah, the anointed leader who was coming. And we know that this is about Jesus himself. Isaiah 42 verses 1 to 4. God says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit in him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged. Till he establishes justice on earth, in his teaching, the islands will put their hope. What are some of the lessons on, 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 that we can learn from this? What is the character of this leader? Well, the first thing that is so loud is gentleness and humility. He cares, genuinely cares about people and their circumstances. This is not a bully or a user. He is a healer and an encourager. That little flicker, that little flicker of fire that shows that there's still some life that is left there, he won't just say he doesn't have time for it and move on. He is a nurturer. We see a person of integrity. Justice and faithfulness are not just a goal. They are the path. They are the way of life that this leader is going to take. And then there's perseverance all the way to completion. He looks, you know, he's strong, this leader, even though he is gentle and humble. Any true leader must get the work done and must push forward to the goal until the work is finished. And we see this in this passage. Now there's a theme here in both passages and in 1 Corinthians, humility and service. Brothers and sisters, flee flee from pride. Do you know, do you know that the Bible says that God actually opposes the proud? Don't be on opposite sides with God. You can't win. You can't win. You know so many of us think that that getting to the place of leadership is about perks and personal gain and and glory. And and that seems to be how the Corinthians were thinking. But you can almost hear the apostle jeering, jeering at them um, from verse 8. He says, you know, already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You have begun to reign and that without us. How I wish that you really had begun to reign so that we also might reign with you. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. Verse 10, we are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. We, you are honored, we are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. Now, brothers and sisters, have you ever read the stories of the apostles? Their path was not one of glory. Their path was one of serving and building up their followers. You know, it was a story of pain and difficulty with always a focus on building and making sacrifices on behalf of those that they were leading. Their goal as they, you know, as, as, as they had it was to build these guys up and produce the fruit that God wanted. And that's biblical leadership. And we are the fruit of a leadership like that. So what is the pattern of leadership? How is this type of leadership practically worked out? Examples of how it can be lived. From verse 14, I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Firstly, we see a pattern of, of biblical leadership, and he's saying it's like like parenting. You know, he gives that 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 comparison. It's love and care for them as a parent cares for their child. A true parent is always working to build up and to and to enable the success of of their child. You know, a parent's attention for their child is for their survival and thriving. He cares about them. You know, it is for their growth, helping them to make progress. And his goal is their success and not just his. In fact, it is when they succeed that he feels that he has won. You know, John Maxwell refers to this as level five leadership, the very top level of leadership, success through enabling other people to succeed. And by the way, this this parental pattern answers what Maxwell um, then calls the three key and often unspoken um, questions of a follower. A follower is asking of a leader. He's asking, do you care about me? Can you help me? Can I trust you? And guys, if you deal with these three questions, many people will want to follow you. They will want you to lead them because that is the way you love your neighbor who happens to be the person that is working for you or the person that is following you or the person that is influenced by you and by your life. Parenting is powerful as a model for leadership. And actually a big part of parenting is leadership through modeling, which brings us to the next, the next thing that we are shown there by Paul. It is being a model of what you are pointing people to. You know, modeling is actually more powerful than teaching. Paul is not sending Timothy because, you know, Timothy is a great preacher. You know, it's because of his faithfulness and and, and the way that he has conformed with the pra- the pattern that Christ and Paul himself have lived, and and then people will see Timothy and be able to remember what Paul lived for. You know, modeling is is, is really powerful. When Jesus called his disciples, his invitation was to come and see, come and be with me, and basically was saying, come and watch me and and learn and and do the things that I'm doing. Watch me live, watch me interact, watch me teach. When he was washing the feet of his disciples, you know, he says, now that you have seen me do this, do it too. You know the principle—the principal way that Jesus was training his disciples um, was 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 through modeling. Yes, he mentored them. Yes, he taught them. But his first call was, "Come and see. Come and be with me." And the results are there to see. You know, Jesus was so confident in his eleven um, apostles, led by Peter, and we are the outcome. We are the product. Paul was so confident in Timothy. And, and 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 you know these these two, they had poured out their lives everything they had everything they could into their followers. Now I pour out, but is it everything I can? You know, sometimes and in some areas, yes, but in other areas, I honestly need to grow and that's an area that you can be praying for me as i as i pour myself out that i'd be effective in 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 being a true and good model because modeling is powerful but modeling requires something very special it requires integrity a life that agrees 100 with what you're teaching and not the integrity what paul says you know he says his life and teaching are in full agreement with what he te- his his life is in full agreement with what he teaches everywhere he goes. Not just when not just when in Corinth. You know, the other day I was I was um, going through I was doing some Bible reading, and my and my daughter Wangeshi um, happened to visit, and, and so we started talking about what I had been reading, and, and one of the things that had, had really stood out for me in my reading that day I was in the book of Luke, um, was was who Jesus was advising us to give parties for. To people to help. And 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 he was saying actually don't don't focus on giving parties to people who can give a party for you. Instead, give a party for those others who can never pay you back because then God will see and he will be the one to reward you. And this this was a time for me to do some self-searching. And I could see yes, times when I had done this in the past, but I was asking myself, am I consistent? Am I able to be consistently doing something like this. You know, when we support the poor um, during this time of COVID and, and, and make those contributions with the, share, the, care, the care packs and things like that, we are helping people who will never give us back. God sees. And that should be the way that we are looking. And, and, and when we are living, it should be a lifestyle that fully aligns all the time. The good thing with God is forgiveness is available and starting again and, and repenting and taking a new path is always possible so that integrity is maintained even in the reality that we are sinners. Um, we can still be a people of integrity. And finally, as we recognize the humility and service of leadership, please remember that as a leader, you must lead. There is authority in leadership. You know, Some of you Verse 18, it says, some of you have become arrogant as if I were not coming to you, but I will come to you very soon if the Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk and but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline or shall I come in love and with a gentle spirit? As a leader, remember you are still the leader and you are responsible to make sure of the outcome. You know, discipline and enforcement are part of your role. I remember one time listening to Bishop Oginde teaching at the Kenyan chapter of of the Global Leadership Summit and he said, the shepherd has the power of slaughter. And that really caught my attention. And the thought here is, That ultimately, rebellion and arrogance must be dealt with. If you are in a place of authority, your authority, your power has been given to you for a reason. And there are times that it must be executed, exercised. The sword of authority is for justice and mercy. And, and mercy, you know, the opportunity for change and repentance must be given. And it is an invitation to, to grace and love. And the words of Paul here, he says, Do you want me to come with love and a gentle spirit, um, that merciful side? But there will be times when the exercise of power is called for. As a parent, you must exercise power. As a teacher, you must exercise power. And as a true friend, there will be times when you must confront and call out someone who's, clearly doing wrong even being defiant about it you might not have the authority a positional authority a special position over someone but if you have the character of a leader that we've just talked about humility service and and looking out not just for your own interests but also for the interests of others integrity as a as a model of what you stand for then you have a different kind of authority the authority of influence and it's and it's a strong authority i know it's been exercised on me and i have exercised it on others it's powerful the ultimate example of leadership brothers and sisters a leadership that is selfless that is servant based yet powerful and transformational that reaches the very top is our leader jesus reading from philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 11 Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the true model. Because of his humility and self-sacrifice, that self-sacrificial service he gave us, he because of that, he won our salvation. He achieved the justice and mercy that he had been sent to bring into this world. Because of it, he has been given the name that is above every name. The most influential leader of all time. The one who has, you know, all authority in heaven and on earth. It's all his. And my prayer is that you will you will see him and that you will follow him, that you will make him your example. As Paul made him his example, I'm making him my example. May we all follow the example of Jesus Christ and become leaders of true influence, making a difference as salt and light, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ in this very needy world. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your son who shows us such a different way of finding life. Such a different way of finding life. And yet that is where life is truly found. It is in you, our Lord and God. It is in knowing you, learning how to love you, and learning how to love our neighbors. And we see it in Jesus. Letting go of all authority and coming and dying on the cross that we would be saved. And therefore, hundreds, thousands of years later, billions of followers have hope forever because of him. The leader of a movement that will go on into eternity. May you help us to be like you, Lord Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to see leadership in the way that you want it to be. Humility and sacrificial service. Help us to love the people that we are walking together with and help us, Lord, always, always to be pointing them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you so much.